pals to the. Uh, <coughs> of course, I'd have an itchy throat. <coughs> you ready to rock? Yes, sir. All right. So, if you have been tuning in to the Ultimate Fighter season thirty-one, you're probably going to recognize my next guest, El Toro Mondo Gutierrez. How are you, brother? Good, brother. How you doing? <laughs> Dude, I'm stoked, and the reason I'm stoked is I've been dying to ask you this question because I freaked out a little bit when I heard Connor say number one bantamweight, Mondo Gutierrez, man. How did it feel to be selected as Connor's number one bantamweight on the show? I mean, obviously it felt great, but at the same time, you know, like I've been competing at a high level for a long time, and one thing I've learned along the way is the power of manifestation and the like the, the law of attraction. It's very powerful and it's very real. So it's almost like anticlimactic when some of these things happen because I've seen it in my head so many times. And if you ask me, uh, I went into the house knowing I was the number one seed. I went into the house knowing I was the uh, was the best competitor there. And that's just that's always been my mindset. And that's what I work so hard for. So, I mean, but it's always nice to have that reassurement that. You know, think I'm doing the right things and I'm training hard and people are taking notice. You know, it was it was it was it was definitely a cool pat on the back and exactly what I needed heading into my first fight. That's incredible. And I got to tell you, um, for the listeners out there during covid, right as covid struck, I was a week out from my second professional fight. Mondo, uh, I'm a former teammate of his. And he's right, man. You've always had that belief in yourself. You've always worked. You've busted your ass off in the in the practice room. So you're right, man. That was manifested. I could see it in your eyes every day in practice, and it was super, super impressive. When you came in, uh, just the discipline, the hunger, the focus. You had it, man. You were a special teammate right off the bat. Um, but before you joined Murcielago, what were you up to, and why did you decide to? to join this crazy life? <laughs> um, so a big thing for me is uh, I, re I wrestled my whole life and that was a huge part of my life for like since I was young. And um, when when that was over, I kind of just needed a new outlet. You know, that's the, you, I'm sure you can relate. That's the only life I ever knew. You know, that's that structure, that grind. That's all I knew. I didn't know anything else. It's almost like you're militarized, you know, like, you're just you're set you're set to one mode and that's go hard and that's it that's all I ever knew so being away from that like it's kind of it's it's weird it's almost like you go through a phase of withdrawal almost or you could go you could call it that you could call it fear of missing out you could call it many things but at the end of the day all I know is that a life without it is a life I don't want so I need martial arts in my life I always have and it I tell people it literally saved my life. Like I wasn't down the best path before that, and uh, I think when in the in the year that I stopped wrestling and I started competing in other sports, like little pastime stuff like powerlifting and bodybuilding and all that type of thing, it didn't fill that void. You know, there's no me against you. There's no putting it all on the line, one person against another. Like there's no clear cut winner. So I just really missed that. I missed. I miss that. I miss sacrificing everything for something that means the world to me, even though it might not mean the world to anybody else. It might not mean anything to anybody else. But to me, that's what I need. You know, I love a lot of people love fighting and winning. I love the process. I love 
winning. Obviously, I love winning. Obviously, I love fighting, but I love everything that goes into it. I love the sacrifices. I don't I don't mind. I don't mind missing things. I don't mind sacrificing things. I don't mind suffering a little bit to get what I want, you know, because that moment, it's like I wish I could just bottle it up and have it forever. It's the most powerful drug there is, you know, <laughs> it's just that feeling is just unlike anything else. And I'm sure that's the same reason a lot of guys do it. <laughs> well, your, your work ethic is insane. And you said something in amen to that, brother, because likewise, wrestling does save lives. Yeah. It's such an amazing sport. And that's your style. You do have that wrestling grind. <laughs> is, who gave you the nickname El Toro? Because you are a ball. You attack, you move forward, you never stop, and you freak guys out with your style, man. Who gave you that nickname? It kind of just fell in my lap, really, you know? Uh, but Mike, Mike Gilmore was the first one that I could honestly attest it to. He was the one that truly gave it to me. But when I showed up to Murcielago, uh, everyone had the bull shirts, you know, back when we had the bull logo. So I always had the bull as a part of the things, but... I'm Mexican. Obviously, I'm going to put it up in Spanish. And I would always do this in my fights. <laughs> oh, that's right. Because everyone else did it. So I started doing it. But for whatever reason, it just stuck with me. And everyone realized, like everyone took notice that I would do that. And then it just became a thing. I think the I think the final nail in the coffin that really uh, led people to start calling me that was the running face first into the cage and headbutting <laughs> the cage. I think that's what really did it. And uh, I love it. It's like a trademark, you know? You're a wild man, yeah. Your victory, you would sprint face first into the cage, man, with all yeah. just so much passion. You are a, an extremely passionate human being. Uh, and, and shout out to Mercy Lago. You know what I loved? <laughs> as soon as Conor McGregor was like, all right, put your gloves on, we're going to spar. I was like, oh, well. Mondo's gonna be comfortable with this. I mean, that's 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 what Coach Joaquin Murcielago all day long. Put them on, fellas. Strap them up. Yeah, exactly. I think, um, and it was it couldn't have been a, obviously everyone's gonna be a little tentative. Everybody's gonna be a little cold. Everybody's gonna be a lot of different things, anxious, a bunch of different things. Because one, we were locked in a hotel for ten days before the show even started. So we didn't, all we had was a treadmill. Nobody had physical contact with another person for 10 days. We never got the roll. We never got the strike. We didn't get to do anything. Um, we got, we got two 30 minute sessions on a bag the whole time. We, those 10 days we were there. So yeah. So wow. literally our first real workout back was a full blown sparring session with live rolls at the end and to make and to throw it throw throw it like make it a little more interesting on top of that it was uh evaluations so all put all that in a blender and chug it quick because that's all we had like we had to we had to go right then and there and it was great because it shocked the system it got all that nervous energy out and everybody was locked and loaded ready to go you know everybody came with all their all their ducks in a row nobody was messing around this is the this is the hardest cast i've ever had the best season they've ever had and I knew coming in, the competition was this, so I was ready for whatever. And I knew coming into the show that I could I could definitely show Connor enough to be his number one pick. I knew I had it in me. I knew I had what it takes, and I knew I had what he's looking for. That is amazing. That is absolutely incredible. And uh, speaking of Connor, I, I have to bring this up. <laughs> I saw, and we got to show the photo. We got to show the photo. Uh, <clears throat> Mondo is a barber. Yeah. You got the opportunity to cut Connor's hair. 
<laughs> was there was there any extra like pressure when you when you were doing your thing, man? No, not at all. <laughs> it's actually uh, in my episode. Everyone will see. I cut his hair the night before the fight. Like face completely sucked out, like dry as hell. And I was sitting there cutting his hair, having a good time. I mean, this is what I do. I would bet my life on cutting hair. I'm not worried about it. <laughs> I mean, like he does move, he does move a lot, but that's more so because he's a wanted man. You know, everybody around him wants his attention, wants to talk to him. You got people in like ten different directions trying to get his attention. So it was cool and all, you know. And it was just nice to be able to chop it up. You know, I think as a as a barber, I've learned to like separate the person from the persona, you know, and I I know that I can be a professional and treat you like a normal human and, and everyone loves that. No matter who it is, if I treat you like a normal guy, I talk to you normal and I treat you normal, you're going to like that better. Like that's, that's a big part of a haircut. It's really important to me. And I believe in that, like that's my craft. So, so I wanted to make it as good of an experience for him as I could. And he like, and clearly he liked it because <laughs> I, I don't think it's very often that people talk to him like he's not famous, like he's just some other guy. Yeah, for sure. Respect, brother. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, you <clears throat> notice in your Dana White's Contender Series sweatshirt, you know, you're such a humble guy. You do look at anyone in the eye and you treat them just like they're anyone else, even if they are the biggest, one of the biggest superstars ever in the history of uh, MMA. Um you came off a tough loss on Dana White's Contender Series, and, and I, I remember the night, and instead of just quitting, like just throwing the, hanging the gloves up for, for a minute, and you've seen it with fighters who yeah. come up with tough losses. You don't see them for months, sometimes years, because it's just devastating, and they cannot recover from it. Not only did you recover from your loss on the contender series you book a fight with an extremely worthy opponent and you dominated him what, what motivated you to make a statement like that after a, a loss that would put so many people on out um one going into that fight i knew it was an unwinnable fight most like honestly i just wanted to get my name out there uh, there's a lot of things that went wrong in that camp that I won't even get into because, I mean, making excuses just ain't for me. But the reality of it is when you're fighting a dude that everyone wants to see win, it's an unwinnable fight no matter what. If I beat him, they were going to write it off as, oh, you beat a 17-year-old. And I, when I lost to him, they blew it up like he was the next big thing. So either way, I knew it was going to be very unlikely for me to get a contract that night. But... Regardless, I went out there, I showed up, and I did what I do. Like, uh, And obviously, the, the fight itself, it left a sour taste in my mouth. One, because I didn't perform anywhere near the level I'm capable of. But two, ev everyone in the world saw him also not want to fight. He just wanted to lay on me and take my bag, and that's it. So everyone saw it. You know, I, just, I was just immobilized in that fight, and that's all there is to it. So I knew that if I stuck to the game plan, I would have won that fight. But I didn't stick to the game plan, and that's the fight game. You know, sometimes you, you you fall on the back foot and you don't get it back, and that's what happened. So I wanted to right my wrongs, and I wanted to do it quick. I wanted to get that sour taste out of my mouth, and that opportunity came up three weeks after the contender, so I hopped right in there and did it. I mean, it's, this, this is what I do for a living. I'm, I'm not playing. Like, I got right back in there, and I did it, and it worked out. Yeah, man, you wasted no time, and you get better every time you step in there. Like every time you step in the cage, you get better, and that is coming from your hard work and discipline. 
uh, with Murcielago. You mentioned something, that mental toughness, man. Before I fought, I thought I would kind of understand what it felt like. The whole pre-fight stress, the night yep. before, the week before. Most people have no idea how much pressure, like it's just a different level of pressure. You stayed 10 days in a hotel before knowing that you're walking into the, one of the toughest competitions in the Ultimate Fighter's history. Conor McGregor, Michael Chandler, 10 days, like the mental games. How do you deal with the mental games when you do have that devil on your shoulder telling you, you know, you suck, you're this, you're that, just trying to pull your soul down? Uh, the way I see it, I start way before that. You're talking about the 10 days leading up. For me, I'm, I'm, I'm wired completely different than most fighters. Most fighters sign a contract, no problem. And then they waltz their way all through camp and everything was good. And then the week of the fight, all of a sudden, they start second-guessing and shitting their pants. I'm the opposite. <laughs> I I get the anxiety when I get the contract. When the contract comes to me, that's where the anxiety starts. And every day, I win the day. I focus on winning the day. Every day at camp is another opportunity to win. And I just do what I do. I win my nutrition. I win my training. I win my cardio. I win my diet. I win my road work. Everything. And what, what ends up happening is by the time I get to fight week, I'm, what, 40 and 0, 50 and 0. And yeah. then guess what? Fight week comes along. Now there's nothing. There's no stress. There's no worries. I've done everything. It's 100% out of my control. And now it's up to the man upstairs and my skills that I've worked so hard to build to give me the results <laughs> that I want. And that's it. That level, so, of dis yeah, that level of discipline is insane. It reminds me of Miyato, uh, Miyato Musashi, who was one of the most deadliest uh, samurais of all time. And he was like, you live every day of your life like a warrior. And that's exactly what you just explained. Like there are no, you know, there's no faucet that shuts off that mental preparation, that focus, that hunger, that desire for success. Yeah. Uh, it's amazing. Absolutely. I mean... Uh, a lot of people got this game all wrong. They they train they train for a fight. They don't train to get better. I train to get better every day. I'm getting better. I'm not training for a fight. That's why you never really see me change things in fight camps. I don't focus on anything they're coming with. I focus on me. And I can guarantee you, for the Ultimate Fighter, I brought my absolute best package I possibly could have. Everything was perfect. Everything was in order. My mindset, my physical, like everything was everything was 100 percent. And I've never felt better going into a competition. So uh, everyone's going to see it. You know, I, I I went out there and I fought my ass off. You, you do every time, man. You pour, you, you leave your heart in the cage. And, and it's so honorable and, and courageous. That never quit mentality is something that s millions of people out there, you know, read books, listen to various podcasts, listen to speeches by notable people to get motivation and inspiration. Where did you develop that no quit mentality? Like I, I know you got a younger brother that's yep. that's fighting. Do you come from a family of <laughs> fighters and that just that discipline hardwired in that Gutierrez blood? No, not at all. I mean, I'd like to think so. I, I'd love to think that that's what it is. But honestly, it does. A lot of it does come from my parents. You know, we we were raised in a blue collar household. My parents were uh, were immigrants. They came here from Mexico from a town where. When they left, there was no running water. There was no light. Like, there's no anything. Like, where they come from, true, true third world area. And 
they made it happen for us. We were like looking back, I was never missing anything. I never I was never lacking anything that I needed. I had absolutely everything. It's all because of them, their hard work, their discipline. They did the right thing every day. They worked so hard to, to make us be or help us be successful. And how could I not go out there and reach for the stars when they made it happen with absolutely nothing? No money in the bank, no job prospects. They didn't even speak the language and they made it happen. So I cannot. And my dad's the hardest working man I've ever known. He's never made an excuse. He's never sitting down to this day. And uh, I, I'd love, I'd be lucky to be half the man he is. And I just, all I want to do is make him proud, you know? That's amazing. So you use that love for family as motivation to get that fire burning, even on days Absolutely. when you really don't want to be in there. Absolutely. You get in there for them. Wow. And now your brother is training with you side by side at Mercy Lago, yes? Yes, sir. Nice. Nice. You know, you guys, I don't know how you do it. Uh, how, how easy would it be for me to rock that mullet when you guys rock that that long hair? Your brother the other day was fluffed and feathered, man. I was like. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he does have the craziest hair. He has the coolest hair in MMA. No doubt about it. Yeah. Oh, that is incredible. Oh, yeah. Well, oh, man. So when you are down and out, when you have fallen, how do you pick up those pieces and rise again time after time? And, and it's not just coming up short in the cage, like in life as well. Like that discipline, that hardwired mindset, how did you attain that gift? Uh. I just don't take anything too seriously. And I, I I love my life. I'm blessed. And I think I just keep everything really simple. It doesn't have to be anything else than what it's supposed to be. Uh, I live my life based on a simple motto. You work hard, control what you control, and be a good person. Everything else is going to fall into place. So if something goes wrong, it's real easy to step back and look at the huge mass and be like, oh, how am I going to fix this? How am I going to clean this up? How am I going to build back up? But it, it, no matter how you break it down or how you go about it, the answer always is, it always remains the same. You, you start by one piece at a time. So when I lost and everyone's shitting on me online and everyone's talking crazy and like, you know, this, this game does not love you back. That's the thing, you know? So it's a, it's a real lonely road. And for me losing, I knew that the only step, the first step to get back to the top was just that one step. Go out there and take a fight. Go out there and take another fight. Right your wrongs. And then everything else is going to work itself out. The job seems way harder when you look at the grand scheme of it. But at the end of the day, you got to make it smaller. You got to make everything smaller. Everything is not a big deal. Man, you take it one day at a time type of, type of person. Exactly. Yeah, every day is exactly. a gift. Yeah, I know, like, everything, I can truly tell you that if I die today, I die doing what I love. Every day I die doing what I love. I, it's, to me, that's, I owe that to myself, you know? The life that I've built for myself, the life that I've been blessed to have, thanks to Jesus, it all, it, it's, it, none of this is my doing. I just work my ass off to make sure that I deserve it. That's what I do. You know, wow. all of this was already read. So to me, I just work hard every day and make sure I can deserve it. Like, I I, I don't want to feel like 
I I'm just getting blessed with things that have that that I have no belonging to me, like that that don't mean anything to me. That is insanely inspirational, man. I think especially right now, like times are tough right now. Oh, A yeah. lot of people out there right now are experiencing tough, tough times. So for you to take the time to jump on here, take us through. Uh, your journey. I think it's going to inspire a lot of people when they're on their own journey. For those of you listening, you know, I, I hope that you uh, literally took something from this because this man uh, is is on the rise. He rises and rises again. Uh, episode one, we had a, a man, Randy Couture, cement himself as one of the best ever step in the cage. And I believe that El Toro here is well on his way to cementing his own legacy. Hey, the Ultimate Fighter, Season 31, Conor McGregor versus Michael Chandler. It's going to be a doozy of a fight, man. I can't wait. I can't wait, and I can't wait to watch your journey on The Ultimate Fighter unfold. Thank Brother, thank you so much. As always, I wish you the best. I know you're going to do great things, and I really sincerely appreciate you coming on. Thank you, brother. Thank you for having me, man. It's always a pleasure. Absolutely. Until next time. Yes, sir.